Are you marketing backwards? Our guest today, Adam Kipnis, makes the case that many businesses are doing just that, putting their product before the desired outcomes of their prospects. Whether you lead a marketing team, are involved in sales, or lead a company, as you listen to this episode, you'll get ideas that will help you grow your revenue. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, Revenue Growth Architect, helping great companies grow revenue. What are you doing to grow right now? In our shifting economic environment, it is critical that we all keep our eye on the goal, driving revenue growth. Revenue, without a doubt, is the lifeblood of every business. And right now, we need to make sure that we are doing everything possible to keep revenue flowing and growing. A huge thank you to everyone who is buying the Revenue Growth Engine book and leaving reviews on Amazon. As I get to talk with many of you and conduct revenue growth workshops with companies across multiple industries, there's one thing that everyone has in common right now, the desire to get strategic about growth. You know, today it's more important than ever that we get strategic in our marketing. That is especially true when it comes to the message we deliver to our market. Today's guest is Adam Kipnis. He's the author of How to Make More Money in Your Business, Eight Strategies You Better Start Using Today. Adam is also the host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast on the C-Suite Radio Network. He is passionate about helping companies deliver the right message. Adam believes that many of us are marketing and selling backwards. In this episode, we'll explore what this means and how to solve the problem. The end result will be greater resonance with your prospects and greater revenue for your company. So grab a pen and a notepad and get ready to learn from Adam after a brief message from our sponsor. Adam, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Dale. I appreciate it. Look forward to the conversation. Yeah, these, uh, you know, when you and I talk, it's always interesting. So I, as, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, this is going to be a really engaging conversation because you have some interesting ideas about marketing and sales. And I know, you know, one of the most interesting concepts that I'm really looking forward to unpacking today is marketing is best done backwards. <laughs> so, mo well, what I say is I tell people to stop marketing backwards because most stop people marketing backwards. Market Here we go. Backwards. Okay, and, explain. And, all right. So, there's two major themes to the marketing backwards concept. Whether you're a big business or whether you're the person out at a networking event, mm -hmm. the thing that a lot of people do is tell people what their offer is first. Yes. So, it's, hey, I'm a strategic planning and, and marketing planning guy. Here's why you need it. So we tell people what the offer is and be like, hey, work with me. And then we spend the rest of the time 
trying to explain why they should engage with us based on what we already told them. So you're saying that people actually out there in the marketplace lead with the product instead of the outcome? Yes, they do. And almost <laughs> all of them. And it's it, the weirdest part about it is even Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies, if, if you have a marketing eye, you watch commercials. That's right. It's almost always product first. And then they explain why that product works for them. Now, in a commercial, it's a little visual. You can see it. On it's the radio, seconds, right? Yeah, right. It's it's a little bit harder. They're like, it's like, hey, buy this big balloon. Big balloons are great because you can fly across the country in them. Well, if how about I find find out if I want to fly across the country? Right. right? Yeah, that's Have my. You thing. Ever wanted to now, fly across the country, right. <laughs> but felt now, like big you balloon couldn't get there? Right. Yeah, is the thing, and and so people lead with this product side, and then they have to backtrack into all the reasons right. why someone should use it. I want to flip that, right? And, and so how, how do we flip it is one, outcome-based like you said, yeah. but how do we make it a coherent conversation? So I sort of have a four-step process to make that conversation where when you do make the offer and you say, hey, here's my big balloon, right. the person is so ready to get that big balloon. And I'll step back a little bit because I think of everything, every sales process as a journey right? You start and everyone's in a different place on that journey. 99% of marketing is geared to the 1% of people who know what it is, know they need it, and they're just deciding who do I buy it from. They're going through a vendor selection process. That's right. The other 99% of the people are somewhere on the journey where they're learning about it, identifying the benefits of it, or trying to reconcile the objections that they have. Right. Mm -hmm. So if, if you wake up in the morning in a normal world and you've got some big meetings that day, you'll think, oh, I could really use a cup of coffee. I'd really, I love the smell of Starbucks. I'm thinking about the coffee and how warm it's going to be and wonderful. And then you think, do I really want to go into Starbucks? The line's going to be long. People are going to be bumping into me. Do I really need to spend $4.25 on a cup of coffee? And a lot of people, obviously, because Starbucks makes billions of dollars, get to that vendor selection and they're like, I'm going to choose Starbucks over Dunkin' Donuts or Pete's or whatever right. your local yeah. coffee shop is. But if we said, hey, buy this cup of coffee for $4.25, we're only talking to 1%. Let's talk to the other 99. And so how do we do that? The first is we've got to interrupt people. We get 3,000 advertising hits a day, right? We're, you're at, I, I'm looking, we're this is audio, but I'm looking at, at Daryl's office, right? And I can see stuff on his desk. I've got a bottle of water here. My microphone's right. got a name on it. I've got an energy drink. They all have brands on them. And as soon as I walk out of my office, if someone said, hey, what's on your desk? I would have no idea. Like I'd be hard pressed to tell you what kind of computer I use. No, we've got great filters. You have to have a good filter to survive. Otherwise you would go completely insane in yeah. a world where you literally have thousands of messages flying at you every, every day. Yep. So we've got great filters. Yeah. And our brain just says, whatever, that wasn't important to me. I'm just going to put it in the back. Maybe I'll remember it later if it comes up and there's a need for it. Probably so not. <laughs> but probably not. Right. <laughs> Right, I mean, which for ninety nine point nine percent of things that come across your radar every day, if it's not something that is top of mind in terms of an outcome you want or a problem that you need solved or a goal you have, it just it's straight through. And you know, we like to pretend that people are going to remember it. Maybe, maybe if you were funny, maybe, but chances are no. 
Right. And now they're saying statistically that it takes over 200 um, touch points from, you know, from an advertising or a billboard or a commercial before it really registered that we say, oh, I need that. Wow. So we need to interrupt people. Like we We need to stop them. And I mean, that's why Geico has a gecko, right? It, because you'll look up from your book or look up from cooking or look up from your computer and be like, Ooh, gecko, right? Geckos don't sell insurance, but geckos stop you from doing what you're doing because it's different. That's why celebrity advertising and celebrity branding works so well is because people will be like, Ooh, there's, uh, I'm going to date myself, Tiger Woods, Christy Brinkley, whoever, um, LeBron, right? And, and we'd be like, oh, LeBron's on TV. And we'd be like, oh, I don't need whatever he's selling. And then we go back right. to what we're doing. But we need to interrupt people. And once we have them interrupt, interrupted, now we can tell them that we have a solution to their problem. We don't tell them what the solution is. We just right. say, hey, you've got this problem. I've got a solution for you. Right. Now they're engaged. They're like, all right, I want to know more. Now we can educate them and say it does A, B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. Now, when we say it's a book, a sales package, a marketing consulting, a big balloon, now people don't really care what the thing is because you've just stopped them. They listen to you. You educated them on why they need it. Now they'll take whatever form it is that you're talking about, Yeah. right? Because they don't know, they don't have a preconceived notion that's going around in their head. Like if I say, here's this big balloon and I try to explain why it's important, all they're thinking about is, do I need this big balloon rather than listening to the education piece? So that's the, num- that the one side of the stop marketing backwards concept. Yeah, I think this is so critical though, before we get to the other side of it. And by the way, spot on, because the reality is that only a small percentage of the market is actively looking for what you offer at any given moment. But there's a large percentage of the market that could benefit from your offer. And uh, I remember years ago reading a book. Um, it was The New Solution Selling by Keith Eads. Um, and he's an IT guy up in Canada, sells into the tech space. So he's Canadian. So you know he's smart, right? So he, um, and, and that is just a little, uh, little humor for my Cana- fellow Canadian <laughs> friends. Uh, but what he said in the book, which, which lines up so well with, with what you're saying, is there's really two types of, of demand you know, as, as marketers and salespeople, we're creating and responding to demand. If there's a felt need, if someone has says, yeah, you know what? I am shop. I'm actively shopping for a hot air balloon ride or a hot air balloon right now. That's one thing, right? And, but that's a small percentage of the marketplace. The real job of marketing and sales professionals is to turn latent need that need that's below the surface. It's not even, you know, it's there, but it's just not on the radar to turn latent need into felt need. And you're absolutely, I couldn't agree more. You've got to get their attention. And the way you get on their, their attention is to talk about that need, talk about the problem, talk about the outcome they want. You know, it, they may not be thinking they want a hot air balloon, but they may have been trapped in their home office for four months and want to get up in the <laughs> air and get, so get away from people or whatever that is, you know, so, so you're absolutely right. For the, Hey, get a hot air balloon would attract that small percent of the percentage of the population that wants a hot air balloon. Whereas, Hey, have you wanted to get out of the office, 
get some fresh air and get away from people, <laughs> right? Yep. Then, you know, uh, contagious people, that is. Then go up in a hot air balloon. So, yeah, I think that is so spot on. And, and I'm not thinking about hot air balloons, but you know I'm thinking about getting out of the office. So what is that, you know, what is that, that uh, outcome? What is that problem? What is that goal that your ideal client has Let's start there rather than starting with whatever product, service, or solution that you have, because that's the only way you're going to get on anyone's radar in today's right. cluttered marketplace. Yeah, it's so it's so cluttered, and you know we have to enter the conversation going on in the head of our prospect. Mm-hmm. Right, everyone's they've got a they've got something going on in their head. How do we enter that conversation? And and the way I like to talk about it with with my clients is there's there's two major points. There's a problem they have that they don't want, and there's a solution they want that they don't have. So problem they have, they don't want, solution they want that they don't have. And how can you be the bridge to introduce them from problem to solution? That's right. right. That's, as salespeople, as marketers, that's, that's our entire job. Right. Right? And you know, how, how do we do that? And for those of you who are listening who are in sales and you might have, you know, marketing, advertising that your company does, and then you come in and need to deliver, you know, you're not going against what the marketing is. I'm not saying that all marketing is, is bad and they're doing it backwards, although a lot of times it is. But as salespeople, our job is to say, all right, we know what the message is. It attracted people. But how do we enter that conversation that's in their head so mm-hmm. we can steer them to that product, like utilize mm. that marketing to the result that we want, which is the sale, mm-hmm. right? And um, just I just encourage all of my clients and, and anyone who agrees with me, obviously, to just to think through that process. How do you walk them through their own personal journey? So when you say, here's what it costs, it's a dollar, it's a thousand dollars, it's a, a five-year contract, whatever it is, make it easy, like make it easy for people to give you money Mm -hmm. and walking them through that journey is one great way to do it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really good. You know, it's so funny. I just remember over the, over the last 17 years, I've been asked to review, I'm sure like you have as well, websites, brochures, proposals, all kinds of marketing collateral, right? And uh, I can sum up 95% of it. Here's how it reads. Me, 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 you. <laughs> so I'll always yep. hand it back and go, this is fantastic. And if you turned it upside down, so we're, we're like, uh, <laughs> we're right, we're right together. You know, this should be you, 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 us, right? This, yep. you know, your challenges, your goals, the things that you want to happen, the things that you want to avoid. Um, and then here's how we can work together um, to make that happen for you. Now you got my attention. And, um, yeah, it's how many times have you sat down with a salesperson and that salesperson, you know, spends the first five minutes of the, uh, of the interaction, just literally just throwing up, right. Throwing spaghetti on the wall, seeing what's going to stick and do this, do this. I was, I was, (laughs) I was on a call recently and, you know, like just asking simple questions like of what makes, you know, what, what makes your organization special? What are your strengths? Um, and it was all about us, right? Not about what we do for our clients. And, you know, and I think that's the, 
the real point. And we talked about this uh, earlier uh, in a in a conversation on your podcast, which, by the way, you got to go check out Adam's podcast. We'll put it in the show notes. It's it's pretty awesome. But we were talking about the fact that sales reps, you know, uh, and marketers as well. We talk about product only. We lead with product because we don't know what else to talk about. And I think the best thing we can do is um, make sure that we're continually um, looking for and capturing the outcomes, um, the problems and the goals that our, that our clients and future clients have, because that's the, that's the, the, those are the ingredients that we mix up uh, to create the tasty recipe of whatever, you know, marketing collateral um, or sales conversation um, begin it with the begin it with what the client wants, and it, it's so simple, but it's also so rare that it actually you stand out like crazy with your your prospects. It's amazing. It's it, it's so true. And uh, the conversation Dale and I had on on my podcast, there was like like a three minute section on outcomes that was just brilliant, uh, just brilliant. I'm gonna uh, put it all over my social media, in. Um, but it, you know the, the outcome side of it versus the obvious side of it, right? Mm. If you look at people's websites, if you look at people's brochures, mm-hmm. um, one of the things when when people come to me uh, and say, "Hey, what do you think of my website?" Right? First of all, you're you're 100 right. It's I we yeah all across the board. Me 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 me. And then <laughs> right. the other thing that that people should look at, I'll, I'll I'll be nice. I won't say do wrong. I will say that people should look at is. Mm-hmm. The, the the general platitudes that they put on their website, customer focused, we have integrity, right? We will do the right thing. Noise, right? Yeah, you, <laughs> noise. If you look at your website or your brochure or your sales copy, anything, and you can't differentiate it from what anybody else in your space can say. Mm-hmm. Right, because everyone can say they're customer focused. Absolutely, everyone's not say that. Yeah, we have that outstanding we, service. Great, yeah, great service. We pride ourselves on taking excellent care of our clients. Is one of my favorite ones. Oh, you pride yourself when I mean, you have people like fanning you and feeding you grapes for your yeah, great. It, exactly, <laughs> and it's like first of all, if other people, if other people can say it, right, you're not you're not doing anything. Right? right, everyone can say they're customer focused. The second thing is, if you're if you look at something and your customer says, "Well, duh," right, then it's not valuable marketing. Right, right. customer focused, or we'll put you first. Well, everyone right. can be like, "Well, duh." That's a that's a ba- that's table stakes. That's base level. Right. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to hire you because you're going to take care of me. Right. I assume you're going to take care of me. Right. Right. So think about what your customer gets and what they're going to think, right? That's the other part of sort of the marketing backwards or one of the other parts of the marketing backwards concept is if it's obvious to them, don't say it because it's obvious to them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're just taking up space. Well, we think we have to say, say all these things. And you know, the funny thing is um, it's like, and I, oh man, I got, oh, I will remember who, who said this as I, as I quote it. Um, and if not, I'll, I'll try to put it in the show notes. Um, the only person that can say, oh, is Lee Sauls, my good friend Lee Sauls, sales differentiation. Lee says, the only person that can say you are an expert is your client. Mm-hmm. 
you can't, you know, for, for some, for you to say, I am an expert <laughs> or my company is the best at dot, 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 or we are, you can't say that about yourself. The only person that can say that credibly is a third party, a client, right? That can say, yeah, you know, Adam is a true expert. If you say it, you're arrogant and yep. not even trustworthy because like, it's like, come on, man. But if, if one of your clients says, yeah, Adam, man, that guy is an expert. He knows his stuff. Then that's worth its weight in gold. So, you know, if, if you're a salesperson or marketing professional, um, you know, if you need to say that stuff, and I, I think you do, but make sure it's not you that's saying it. Make sure it's your customer or it's an award or it's a third party. And that's why I'm a firm believer that the most um, – backburnered thing, the thing that gets put on the backburner most when it comes to marketing is writing and recording case studies and success stories, because that's, that's the place where you, two things happen. First of all, you really learn about the outcomes your clients value, because you're going to ask them, why did you buy? What benefits are you um, realizing? What outcomes are you getting? Um, but you're also going to get those quotes that you you know, you took the lazy way out and said, well, we're the number one, blah, 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 and we're the best. Well, you know what, that if you say it doesn't count. But when your clients say it, and you know, you've got them on video, you've got their quotes, you've got uh, that, then yeah, go for that. People believe that all day long. But still, even then, even with your client saying, yeah, you're number one, you're the best, you're awesome, you do everything you say you can do, still nobody cares. What they care about first is if you want to get my attention, you better talk about something that's uh, an outcome that I want, a problem that I have, a goal, uh, you know, and, and to me that, you know, I'm curious what you think, but I think one of the best things an organization can do, whether you're a salesperson auditing yourself or whether you're a marketing person or whether you own a company, um, you know, do your best to put the lens, the, the, the glasses of your customer on and read through your website from the perspective of a customer. Be like a mystery shopper. Read through your brochures, read through your, your sales uh, proposals and collateral and maybe even do it with a red pen and cross out everything that is in the first paragraph of any page that doesn't refer to an outcome. Would you agree? I, I agree a hundred percent. And you know, the, the funny thing about that is we, we all write things and, or we all say things, right? You and I go on a lot of podcasts. We do our own podcasts. We put a lot of stuff out there mm -hmm. and um, I'm sure more often than, than not at some point during one of our shows, we say something that is inwardly focused rather than outwardly focused. Right. And, and yeah. we're pretty good at this. And if you look at people's websites, you look at people's brochures, the, the, the way people look, we look at it for ourselves is, wow, that makes me look good, mm -hmm. right? That's what's going through our mind as we're creating it. It makes me look good. If I look good, then people will want to engage with me. Right. That's, that's the general concept, but that doesn't tr trigger, um, and trigger is a good word, the, the prospect to want to do business. I was, I was told once, and, and you mentioned it, if you take every I, we, and you change it to you, us, right. that one change alone 
will likely double your engagement on your website or on your brochure, even if the rest of the stuff isn't great. That <laughs> right. one change alone is, is going to do it. And I want to come back to one of the things, the thing you said about the case studies, because I love case studies and it works great for referral partners, um, but it works for, for clients as well. And this is nothing new. I didn't invent this, but it's just how to work with referral partners. Cause people are like, Oh, we're, we're in the same uh, type industry. We've got the same type clients. I'd love for you to refer people to me. Mm-hmm. And, and if you could see us, Daryl's just nodding, which is what the other person will likely do. They'll be like, oh yeah, it sounds great. Right. And then six months later, like, huh, I never got a referral from that Daryl guy. I wonder what happened there. Right. And you know, one of the things is because it's like, hey, I do this, I do this, I do this. Refer people to me. Right. Rather than who do you work with? Who do you come in contact with? Mm-hmm. How do you engage with them? There's a lot of things and this, especially true. Um, with accountants. Lots of people want accountants. Realtors want accountants. Financial advisors want accountants, right? Everyone wants accountants because accountants, they feel like have this great relationship with their, their clients. But most accountants, they get a box of receipts. They put it in a form. The person signs it, writes a check, and they don't talk for the next 364 days. Right. Right. So they don't even have a relationship where someone would take their word for it. Hmm. Right. And so if I know, all right, Daryl works with people, he gets super deeply engaged with them. They're going to take his advice. Now I can say, all right, he's got the, he's the right type of person that would possibly make a referral. So that's sort of step one. Step two is, um, you know, dude, does he have the same clients, mm-hmm. right? If he's working with clients that are, you know, 20 million and above, and I'm working with clients that are one to five, he could love me all day long, but probably will never refer anyone to me because he's not coming into contact with the same type of person like me. Mm-hmm. So if you get those two things out of the way and you get a chance to see if you like each other, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's another part. But then that comes to the, all right, now, rather than saying I do this and I do this, coming back to the case study approach, now you can say, hey, Daryl, sounds like we, we get along well. We have the same type of client. We do different things for them. You know, when you're in the position, I'd love to, for you to think of me, here's what it looks like for someone to come in. You know, um, Barry and Janet came into my office. They were making 80 grand between them in San Francisco, which is rent and ramen. We worked together and put all these steps in place over the next three years. At the end of three, three years, they were making 800,000 at the end of four, they were making a million two and both working three days a week because, they had a great business and putting 400 and change in each of their pockets, right? Now, Daryl can go and, and all of you can say, oh, now I know what Adam does. Mm. Now I've got a picture in my head of how that works. And that's the same thing you can do as salespeople as part of the process as you're gathering information and, and you're going through the pitch rather than pitch, listen. And when people say, here's my problem, you pull out of your personal database that oh, I worked of. with Susie. Yeah. 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 And here was her problem. Here are some of the things that we worked on and here's where she is today. I can do the same thing for you. So that case study concept is oh, man, so yeah. applicable um, in a lot of ways in the sales and marketing realm and the marketers. Um, and maybe this is the hard part in fortune 500 companies, the marketers and the salespeople, marketers don't know the stories, right? So they can't always accurately do the story. So they come up with catchy things. 
Exactly. Uh, a lot of times they work. But the stories and the case studies are so powerful when someone can visualize um, and hear that captures like 80% of, you know, what, what, how buying decisions. So yeah, that, that was a little tangent, right. but <laughs> I, I know it's not a tangent at all. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of two things. First of all, uh, and by the way, stories sell, right? The, you know, you, you want to communicate an outcome and you want to make it interesting, insert a story of a, another similar client. It's huge. And I think two things, first of all, and I advocate strongly for this in Revenue Growth Engine, if you're a marketing professional, get out in the field, whether it's one day a week, one day a month, um, you know, and then also set a quota for yourself of the number of case studies you're going to write every quarter, you know, whatever that is. If you don't have any, it should be one a week until you get a great library. And, uh, you know, we give some insight into how to do that on revenuegrowthengine.net and the free toolkit. It's not hard. Um, but the other thing that that is, and maybe this is uh, another thing that marketing people can do, is come to the sales meetings. Good sales manage, a great sales management practice is every at every sales meeting, at least one sales rep should tell a success story. And you know, so you have all your salespeople in the in the Zoom room or around the table, wherever you are. And the rule is we don't have a sales meeting without somebody telling at least one success story. Because what you want is you want your sales reps to have a repertoire of success stories that they can draw on so they can say, hey, Adam, that reminds me of Bob and Sue. You know, that reminds me of ABC Company. They had a similar problem. It was affecting them in this way, and these are the outcomes they they you know were able to get with our our product and solution, and and so it it takes something that is abstract and makes it believable. It takes something that is uninteresting, <laughs> your product or service, and makes it interesting because <laughs> you put some humanity around it. So so yeah. good, so good. Well, hey, what a, what a phenomenal conversation. I knew it was going to be and so many great ideas. I hope our listeners are taking notes today on this. Um, as you're, as we're wrapping up today though, if, uh, so just parting thoughts in terms of ways that people can really, uh, amp up their success and drive more revenue. If you could say one more thing, what would you say? All right. Well, one more thing. And, and this is, um, this is my favorite, slightly controversial thing is stop looking for leads. Right? As salespeople, we're conditioned to look for leads. As marketers, we're conditioned to look for leads. And the reason I say that is because that's only one of five steps to making more money. Right? Get more leads. Second is can get more conversions. Mm-hmm. Third is get more transactions, people buying from you over and over again. Mm-hmm. Fourth is raise your prices. And then fifth is a better bottom line for you business owners. For those of you in in selling for a larger company, you can't really affect the bottom line necessarily, but you can do the other four. And most business, most salespeople, most businesses, most marketers are trying to get more leads, get more leads, get more leads. But if you can get your conversions up, Mm -hmm. you don't actually need more leads because if you get 10 leads and you sell one, you got to go get 10 more. But if you can sell two, if you can sell three, if you can sell four of every 10, you actually need fewer and fewer leads. And if you can get more conversions and now you get those people to buy more of your products, more of your services, get them on, whether it's subscription or, 
you know, cross sell them into a complementary product that your company has or upsell them into a higher version, mm-hmm. right? Now that one person's bringing you more money. Now you're, you're busier. And again, if you're, if you work for a larger company, you can't raise your prices, but if, if you control pricing, the busier you are, the more you can raise your prices. So focus on conversions, focus on transaction, focus on higher prices. If you do those three things well, now you can back up the truck with more leads because you know you're going to sell them. You know they're going to buy from you over and over again. You know they're going to do so at higher prices. So stop looking for leads and start working on your conversions. Get mm. better at converting your current people um, and that'll up your revenue I've got a whole thing on how you. Can oh yeah, that's so good. Well, we're gonna have five to come. times your revenue, but that's, that's so good. That's how you started. Yeah, that's so good, and we're gonna have to dive into that in a future podcast <laughs> episode because I I couldn't agree more. Leads are great, but you know you need to look at the whole experience and how can you optimize conversion at every stage of the experience. So, Adam, I knew this was gonna be a great conversation. Thank you um, for investing in us today, and uh, we'll put your contact information in the show notes. And uh, I just. I appreciate all the life and all the insight you've brought to us today. Thank you. Thanks, Daryl. I appreciate being here. Hopefully, we've got a few nuggets out there for your listeners that they can benefit from. Yeah, absolutely. And to the rest of the, the Revenue Growth audience, uh, a huge thank you to everybody. Uh, for those of you, of you who are sharing the podcast on social, getting the word out, this is a time at the C-Suite Radio Network. We've said it over and over again. This is a time we've got to drive and thrive. This is a time where we've got to really work together, think strategically, and and get smart about driving growth uh, for the success of our families, for the success of our companies, even I would dare say for the success of our countries. So thank you for being part of that group that is focused on creating a better future. And until next week, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.